Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and let's get started. Joining me today is my good friend from a long, long time in Aspen. He actually sold me every property I bought in Aspen. And uh, hopefully, Galen, we're going to buy a whole lot more. Galen Bright. Welcome, Galen. Hi, Larry. How are you doing today? Great. And uh, Galen is half of one of, if not the most successful uh, residential and commercial uh, real estate companies here in Aspen. You see their signs everywhere. Karen Setterfield that he works with is just a dream person. And uh, you should all be privileged to know her. Hopefully I can get her on here sometime, Galen. But, you know, he didn't start that way. It was a long road to get to the point where he's selling, you know, between 15 to I think his uh, recent high was 33 personally selling. Not This is not the company, but him personally. This is not rental properties. This is not commercial properties. Just pretty much uh, uh, the residential side up to 33 million and, uh, you know, built a incredible life for himself. So welcome, Galen. Tell people the uh, what you've been able to accomplish and give them a couple clues about what you've learned along the way. Well, um, yeah, definitely didn't start this way. I, you know, grew up with a, a fairly humble, uh, you know, background. Uh, from Loveland, Colorado, which is about an hour north of Denver. And, you know, we, um, it was a, my family was a blue collar working family. I grew up part-time with my grandparents, part-time with my mother. And uh, I was the first one in my family to go to college. And, uh, you know, I had a big, big thank you to my grandfather for that. You know, there's a, there was definitely a, a moment in time where I could have gone a completely different direction and, um, you know, a letter from my granddad encouraged me to go to college and, and, uh, and helping me out with a, I think it was a hundred dollars a month. He offered me towards my rent <laughs> and that made all the difference back then. And that was, you know, back in the eighties. Um, but, uh, you know, fast forward, uh, eventually coming to Aspen, um, working a lot of a lot of regular jobs, you know, I was a, a waiter. I I worked at the uh, my favorite job was being a cashier at Bonnie's Restaurant on top of Aspen Mountain, and uh, you know that was just an incredible experience. Um, did that for two winters, I believe uh, eighty six, eighty seven, and I uh, was also working in Vail as a cashier during the same time. Um, whatever we could do for the free ski pass back then. And, uh, when I came to Aspen full time, um, I was, it was on my, basically on my 21st birthday and I still had uh, another year and a half of college left, but I was commuting back and forth, doing construction in the summers, working retail and working on the mountain during the winters. And yeah, so, uh, it's about a five hour drive in the winter and a four hour drive in the summer. Um, I had some, some, uh, discounted airline tickets too. So 
sometimes I would take the bus from Fort Collins down to Denver, the old Stapleton airport, and would fly up to Aspen for the weekend or three or four days and then fly back, go to school. And, you know, I just fell in love with Aspen. And, and it was, for me, it was, what can I do to be in Aspen full time? And, and, and I, I just, I wanted to be a ski patrol, you know, ski instructor, but most likely a ski patrol. And that was, that was kind of my, my goal during college. And I'm going to be here full time. And then uh, I was working for a real estate company and running some papers over to this business for sale. And I saw that, you know, so I was looking at the, you know, what they were doing. And I thought, you know, I should buy this business. <laughs> and so I went back and talked to my partner now, Karen, and said, hey, wh what, uh, what would it take to buy this business? And, and so I started going to banks and, 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 you know, I couldn't get a loan. And, <laughs> uh, and so she offered to back me. This was the luggage? This was the Aspen Luggage Company, yeah. It was called Aspen Canvas back then, and, and we changed the name to Aspen Luggage. And how old were you at this point? How, what, what since you're, you know, the thing is people, you absolutely, if you're going to do anything great, got to find something to motivate you to pull you forward that where you'll dig deep and you'll do whatever it takes. Here you are. There was something about the mountains, something about the ski, and something about this that caused you to come over here in the first place and check out different locations, get jobs where you could just spend extra time, and uh, five-hour drive. What, you know, until you find that and tap into that, whatever turns you on, your internal motivation, uh, you're never going to do anything great. And this last dance 10-part series about Michael Jordan's career, at the end of it, it's interesting how he ends it. He said, it all began with hope. And you had hope that you weren't going to have to spend your life in Loveland. You know, going to college, is you realize there's a bigger world out there. And the light was shining out here in the mountains, and you followed it. What what was your motivation, your thinking at that time? Because you got to follow that bright light that's inside of you, the you know, because like when I moved to Orlando in Florida, out of North Carolina, I was just trying to get into Florida, you know, get get in better weather and this, that, and the other. But every time I go to Orlando, it's like after a couple of days is, I wonder what's happening down at Palm Beach, you know, the light, the light. I think about Tampa, but I, I need to check out the rest of the state, but it was always Palm Beach, Palm Beach, Palm Beach. And so I'd always spend most of my trips to Florida down in Palm Beach, so I said, I'm Okay, I'm moving to Palm Beach. But the light was shining for you out here in the mountains. And what, was there something that triggered that? Or how did you go for How did you narrow that down? Well, growing up um, as a skier since I was four years old, um, I just, you know, Aspen always had this cliche of, wow, that's, that would be the ultimate ski town, you know, to live in. If, if, any, if there's any ski town you could live in, that would be the one, you know, that was just, and I'd only been to Aspen once as a, as a kid skiing. My grandmother had taken me skiing here and, and you know, I just, I, I remember enjoying it, but I, you know, could, could, hadn't gone back until college. And then um, when I did, I thought, uh, this is the place. This is just, it has everything. I, I has the outdoors, the skiing, the mountain biking, the hiking, and it has this cultural experiences, the business opportunities, 
um, and just an incredible mix of people. You know, there's people from all over the world, um, every kind of background that come to Aspen. And, you know, we have incredible, the Physics Institute and the music festivals. And there's just a lot to offer here. It's unlike any small town, any small ski town I've ever heard of. Um, so, you know, just just wanted to be here and, and anything I could do to make it work, you know. And so this this was an opportunity like, oh, let's buy this small business. Um, I was, I was still in college. <laughs> so I was, it was my, so I had been, yeah, so I'd been commuting here for about two years in college and my last semester was a fall semester. And I, I went back to class after the summer, being here all summer, uh, pounding nails, you know, I was a framer building a house and I'd go back in in August to my for my last semester, and I, I had heard that CU Boulder had an entrepreneur program, and I was in business school, and so I asked if CSU had one, and and they didn't, and I said, well, can I create one? And my my uh, marketing professor and my finance professor agreed to give me a full three credits each for my last semester of those classes if I were to do an independent study on how to buy a business. And so I ended up putting the business under contract to purchase, but I also did two senior projects on how to buy a business. And so they were concurrent. I didn't tell, I didn't tell my professors I was actually trying to buy it. And I didn't really tell the lenders I was, I was actually doing a um, project, but it all came together. And uh, my granddad helped uh, back me um, with very little that he had. He, he just basically had retirement annuities. And my um, business partner, Karen, um, she put up some of her receivables, and and it was uh, away we go. Graduation day. Uh, actually, we closed on the business on a Friday, and the next day was graduation. I drove up to Aspen after that with all my things and uh, started running the business. And it was, you know, 10 to 15 hours a day, <laughs> nonstop for a while, <laughs> figuring it out. <laughs> I want to point out, you have, it's one thing to get that dream, have that passion, you know, the thing that you just wish would wait, uh, uh, would, you know, you could make come true. But the thing is, it's never going to come to you. Aspen and the ski mountains were never going to move to you in Loveland. No, you, 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 you got to do the work. Yeah, and you got to do the work. There's nothing comes for free, and if it does, it's, it's probably too good to be true. <laughs> you know, there's you gotta, and you gotta be consistent, and you gotta show up. And so that's, you know, I think uh, some important advice I would tell, you know, if I had a young entrepreneur I was talking to today about how to move forward, you know, you gotta and do your due diligence, you know, and and I and that's that's one thing I learned actually was I, I didn't do enough due diligence about that business. And we almost went out of business in the first month. Um, it was very close. Um, we got through a couple of hurdles that, that could have closed us down right away. And then, and then um, you know, it was good after that, but it was, it was always a lot of work. There was some real simple supply and demand issues right off the, the beginning, you know, off the bat. It was Christmas. You know, I, I purchased the company on December 16th, 1988. And... I just, you know, it was just starting to wind up for, for Christmas season, holiday season, 
and the store looked like it was stocked, but it really wasn't. <laughs> and so ha having known how little inventory there was, we just weren't ready. You know, in retrospect, a month or two later, like, wow, <laughs> we should have had a lot more inventory. <laughs> so we were actually manufacturing a lot of our own products. And that manufacturing had been been mostly shut down. I was able to revamp it and get it going again within a couple months. But it, you know, that entailed uh, starting a new, you know, opening it like a new warehouse down Valley and finding new people to sew and cut bags and 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 deliver them up here to Aspen. I found this incredible family and and they did all the work for us for the 15 years that I had the store. And, um, you know, that was our big, our big business was what we made. That's what we were known for. We carried other brands as well, but our brand was the, the, what kept us going. And, and we did premium incentives for all the big banks and Goldman Sachs and, um, Merrill Lynch and Forstman Little, you know, the, a lot of the airlines and golf tournaments used our bags for their incentives and their gifts. Um, but it was it was just a, a great experience. We had the highest end premium center bag on the market, so um, we had the highest quality luggage made in the world. Um, there was nothing stronger, nothing better out there. We were a small niche market. We didn't have a, a national client or a national exposure like some of the big companies. We were made here in Colorado, so so we didn't try to compete on volume. We competed on quality. Um, everything was embroidered uh, for companies that we did. Um, you know, we had a guarantee. We had rolling bags. We had, you know, carry-ons, rolling duffels, and specific designs for ski boots. And um, but it was a lot of fun. I can back that up. Everything I've ever bought from you, I've still got. <laughs> I love seeing that stuff. I love seeing it out there in the airports. And I sold that company quite a while ago, and I still see those bags all over the world. I know you travel all over the world, now, but let's let's just talk about. Uh, I want to get into your second phase. You know what I'm going to do is, right now, let's let's let me touch on how just from that one store, a uh, young guy working hard, you weathered the storm, you figured things out, found how. So, you know, you had to keep your initiative going because you had to have the marketing initiatives with these other companies. Uh, you had to have the initiative of solving your supply chain uh, problems, manufacturing problems. Where did you get the ideas for that? Was that part of your schooling or did you look around and see what other companies were doing? Uh, what did you what did you do to figure those things out? Well, a lot of it was really just, try, you know, trial and error and 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 you know, learning as you go and, and certainly some mistakes happening along the way. But, you know, the, I remember learning the just in time inventory back then was very important. You didn't want to have too much inventory, but you also didn't want to um, run out um, of product. So that, that applied to the raw materials side of it um, for manufacturing our brand, but also to the retail side for the the product that we we purchased from other manufacturers and resold, um, but also about just customers. I mean, you you got to take care of your customer. Uh, you know, they they come back and they and they tell their friends. 
Uh, you, yeah. you solve the back end problems, but it's going out the door, but you're making new contacts. You're making new friends. And, uh, you know, they get happy about it. And so they keep coming back. So you develop relationships and the people who are looking for quality are influential people. Let people know some of the influential people that are this, this little kid uh, came from a family, never even went to college. Uh, he was the first one to college, winds up in a ski town with his own business. And now he's, he's not only meeting and selling to, but he's developed some friendships with some really high profile, well-known people in the world just by doing a good job and offering a good product. How did that expand your, uh, your talk about some of those kind of things, because that has to have a transformation effect on what you realize you're capable of once you make some of these relationships and have these interactions. But I, I, you've told me in the past that some of the high-profile people who would buy from you come in and out of your store. Let people know. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, being in Aspen, you would you would definitely see your fair share of of, of uh, celebrities and CEOs and and I mean, it was it was on a regular basis where somebody would come in and. And, and and I didn't watch that much TV back then. So there was a number of people that came in that I didn't recognize. And, and my, my employees would be telling me like, hey, that's so-and-so. I'm like, really? <laughs> and uh, of course, the really big names I, I knew. But, but you know, there were some, some big uh, uh, sports celebrities that I uh, had the honor to, to get to know pretty well. And senators, uh, yeah. I mean, just a real, and they're all real, real people. Yeah, real people, and they're they're coming in just just talking, and you know they're normal. You know, because you're you're a sponge. You soak this stuff up, just like people listening to this are sponges. Because you know you get inspired, and then you 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 see things, you observe. You know, if there is a secret. You know, there's millions of secrets. Don't let anybody tell you there's no secrets. But there's not just one. There's millions of secrets in every area of life. But if there's one main one, is that is, if, if there's wherever you want to go, the more time you could spend around or listening to people who are already at the top, uh, the more likely you're going to pick up the pieces of the puzzle that you're still missing uh, because greatness is caught and not taught. And you were in a perfect example, a uh, situation where you could just pick up because you were seeing them not on stage, not performing, just interacting in their daily life. And what did you catch from those interactions? You know, I actually I actually don't think I took as much advantage as I, as I should have then. I was, that business was, it was so overall consuming um, that I, I've learned more now with my real estate business because I, I think I get a lot closer to my clientele, you know, instead of having 50 or a hundred people a day coming into a store and, you know, you get time with them and, but it's not, you know, it's a transaction that's kind of short and it's, it's, they're not spending, you know, uh, you know, extended periods of time with you, like they are with a real estate transaction. So, so, you know, I, I did see a glimpse of 
like, wow, that's, that's a, that's amazing that that person started this company from nothing. And, uh, you know, I even remember, um, studying, doing a case study in college on that person. Um, and then I end up meeting them in the store or, or on a flight back and forth from, from Denver to Aspen and, and thinking, Oh, what a, what a great opportunity that, you know, I've read about these people and here they are <laughs> and they're real, you know, and, and they've, they've worked hard and, 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 um, they appreciate what they have. I think that's the, one of the biggest things I noticed is that they, they never take anything for granted. You know, they were always, um, uh, you know, in honoring, you know, where they were in their life. And it wasn't just, you know, something that they, that they felt they deserved and that's why they had it. I never got that from anybody that I met in that position. So. Yeah. And that's interesting that that's kind of universal across the board, regardless what industry they're in, you know, they, uh, uh, they had, cause most of them had to work for it. You know, it probably made a million mistakes yeah. themselves along the way, you know? And, uh, so, uh, I will tell people a little bit of, but the, let, let's, I will tell, tell him one celebrity because he's just been on ESPN with a 10 part series and, uh, most famous af- athlete in the world, Michael Jordan. Most people would never see Michael uh, have a chance. But, uh, you know, we were talking about, I was telling you the time I bumped into him at a uh, uh, NCAA championship game, and you you said, yeah, one night I came out of the store, I literally bumped into it. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing guy. Well, he's huge. <laughs> Just walk, just walking down out of your store, carrying a bunch of stuff, probably turned the corner. Yep, <laughs> big cigar in his mouth. <laughs> Let's talk about what your lifestyle now. I want, you know, I'm having so much fun. I'm, we're going. Let's touch on your lifestyle, the payoff from all of this stuff. That this dream life, how does that turn out? What are you able to do because you are your own boss? You were consistent. And you know what? I'm going to get you back on here. We're going to talk about phase two, which is the transition to another industry. But let's just talk real quick about the payoff. You need to keep your eye on the prize. In fact, Jordan, uh, one of the things he would say uh, in the huddle up before playoff games, you know, they had different things they would say, but he, he would say before a big playoff game, he would, in the huddle, before they broke and ran out of the court, he'd say, Okay, it starts with hard work. It ends in champagne. Let's go. <laughs> what are some of the, uh, you know, the the life you have, uh, even during the quarantine thing? I mean, you've been out on the mountain. You've been out uh, hiking and even, uh, uh, by the way, uh, Galen and his, you need to know Galen and his wife Lucy are a couple of mountain goats because they can just go straight up the mountain and, uh uh, they've been going up the mountain and skiing down uh, once the lift start, start uh, stopped. And uh, uh, it's nothing for them to go out and go climb three or four mountains in one weekend uh, during the summer especially. But the biking, the, the outdoor lifestyle, the travel around the world, uh, friends around the world. I mean, this has been, I mean, you're... You really be hard to deny. You've got the dream lifestyle, uh, Galen. No, it's it's true. I'm very blessed and fortunate. I 
I mean, this is, I have a lifestyle that I have, that I used to just dream about and, and visualize, but, but, you know, not sure I realized, you know, I would be here and being able, able to have this much, um, freedom, you know, just to do, I mean, I still work extremely hard, but the fact that we're here with this in our backyard and, and then the ability to, to do travel around the world when we're not in quarantine, um, is, is just a blessing. It's, it's been wonderful. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for, uh, giving us this glimpse overview of how you launched out and put yourself in position for even bigger and better things. And I'm going to look forward, Galen, to getting back with you soon. But thanks so much for this. Thank you, Larry. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind with me, Larry Wydell. If I've helped you in any way, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For more information like this, listen to our other Million Dollar Mastermind episodes and check out my Wydell Academy YouTube channel and visit us on WydellOnWinning.com. I'm the Million Dollar Mastermind, and until next time, go, go, go.